Welcome to the Travel Like a Boss podcast, where we interview location-independent entrepreneurs that travel the world like a boss by being their own boss. Here's your host, Johnny FD. Hola, and welcome to episode 235 of the Travel Like a Boss podcast. I am in Playa del Carmen, Mexico with Sergio Sala. Welcome. Hey, Johnny. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me to the podcast. Yeah, thanks for coming over. Uh, so Sergio and I have been hanging out here in Playa del Carmen and actually in Cancun for the last couple of weeks. Yeah. And he was a speaker at the Nomad Summit Cancun and also just a kind of a cool guy. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Well, also, Gara, uh, thank you for inviting me, accepting me to the to be a speaker. It was really, really fun. And also bringing people to the, my country. I'm from Mexico. So it was pretty cool to, to do this event. Yeah, it was fun. I'm really happy that we had a mexican speaker at the conference because even though i would say most digital nomads are not from mexico mm. i figured we have to have at least one mexican person yeah. at the conference right i mean speaking at the conference yeah i had to be the representation yeah so like you know i would love to have a thai entrepreneur or digital nomad speak at the nomad summit in chiang mai but there just aren't that many thai entrepreneurs i mean Entrepreneurs within Thailand, yes, but not digital nomads, mm. especially not ones that speak English and involved with the nomad community. And I think that's kind of one thing I don't like about living in Thailand is there's not really a connection between locals and the Farangs or the foreigners mm. as much as the, there is in Mexico. Here, I feel like every day we go out, it's locals and expats mixed together. Yeah. There's a thing about that because, um, you know, language is a barrier. So here we speak Spanish. Like there's more people in English, but what you said in Thai, like most they don't speak English, so that's the whole barrier. But here it's getting better. It's getting we're like neighbors from the states, so we speak better English than other places. Yeah, but I think it's a lot of it is the I, I agree the language is a huge barrier. But the other part of it is more than that because even the Thai people who speak English pretty well, they will like I'll have Thai friends that if it's just me and them, we'll hang out. Or when I see them at the gym, we'll hang out, we'll be friends. But they never invite foreigners to hang out with their Thai friends. Mm. It's like a culture thing where they're like, it's like they keep the two worlds separate. Yeah. Or there's some Thai people who only hang out with foreigners and they don't hang out with any Thai people. Yeah. Here, I really feel like it's a mix. Yeah, you, you're, you're right about that. And to put in context, I mean, we, we haven't talked about who am I and all this stuff, but we, so we met in Chiang Mai, no? like also like five years ago. I went one of the Nomad Summits, I think 2014 or 15, something like that. And I know also about Thailand, the whole, whole different uh, culture differences. It's massive there instead of here in play. Yeah, so what do you think it is? Do you think like the Mexican culture is just more open to hanging out with foreigners and also just inviting people like... I feel like here it's probably normal when you meet a new friend to be like, oh, hey, come hang out with me and my friends or come over to my house for, for dinner. Mm. There are different things. Like, so the first thing that I will say is that Playa is close to Cancun. So we, we are used of these tourists around here. And uh, also, I'm not from Playa. I'm from Tabasco. Like it's uh, where the sauce is not, is not made of. <laughs> but I always say that. Uh, but I've been been in this place for for a while, so I know that um, we 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 understand more the tourists in Chiang Mai. They 
they, they only for a while and there's, there's not that many as here so i think we get more used to it and also the mexican culture which i love uh, i'm very proud of it yeah we are very homecoming you know we, we want to teach people like everything our food everything that we have so i think it's yeah the whole mexicans are more friendly which thais are also friendly but i think we are a little bit more than them yeah i think it's a different type of friendly like thai people are very polite mm, polite mexicans i feel like they're very friendly yeah, that's true. I, I guess to to ask, okay, what if you were in Tabasco and you met another Mexican person? Uh, uh, another Mexican or expat, yeah, like so. another Mexican, right? Yeah, yeah. Is it normal? Let's say they just moved to Tabasco, but they're from like somewhere else in Mexico. Yeah. Is it normal for you to be like, oh yeah, we're having dinner with my friends. Come, come with me. Yeah, it is. It is like first you start talking to the person, and then you realize that oh, it's it's an as a normal guy, so I can invite you to to here. Like I think we're trying to make everyone have a good experience. It, that that's what like the Mexican culture is all about. Yeah, so, and yeah. I think Thai people they want you to have a good experience, but they don't want to offend their friends or their family. They feel like if they bring you to their circle, yeah. it's intruding, and their friends might be uncomfortable or. Just kind of, I don't know. I think even in okay in the U.S., it's it's like this with Asians too, where we're all speaking English. But if I meet someone new and I bring them into my circle of other friends who have all known each other for a long time, the friends sometimes will judge and be like, "Oh, why are you bring this this stranger?" Mm, that's true. Yeah, here we're trying just to bring everyone. Hey, come, come, Ben, Ben. Now they're trying to, to learn Spanish. <laughs> uh, yeah, we do. It's 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 the way. It's the Mexican way. I like that. But why don't I meet that many Mexican people traveling? Well, I do. As a Mexican, I, I feel like we are everywhere. But it's, yeah, it's an interesting question. We recognize, I was telling you the other day um, that the word way, it's like dude. Yeah. Que paso way. <laughs> no, like that almost. <laughs> no, no, but, but the word way, like anyone who listens to this. So if you walk around and you hear, hey, blah, 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 way, just turn around, it's a Mexican. Like 100% sure. So what we do when we hear that, we say, oh, Mexican, we're Mexican too, blah, blah, blah. So we, we try to say it together. Uh, if we go around, example, first time, first time, long time ago, I lived in Italy and most of my friends was a group of Mexicans. But I think because we know how to identify them instead of you, mm. which don't know kind of like the characteristics of each one. I think it's like that. But I feel like we're, we're a lot. You know what? I traveled now for about 10 years and... <laughs> I, I can count maybe five Mexicans that I've met while traveling, really? while I can count also maybe like 5,000 Germans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Germans are everywhere. Uh, I don't know, man. Um, well, that's interesting. Thailand, there was a few. There wasn't there, So let, let's say Asia, we're not that used to because it's way too far. You know, yeah, so not, not yeah. everyone wants to travel there. But if you go, well, the States is so close. Yeah, we, we find them. I think may, usually also talking about the language, they, they prefer, you know, Latin America. So if you go Latin America, you're going to find a lot of them. And Europe. Between Europe and Latin America, that's where Mexicans usually go. So Asia is not that common. Okay. And I think another part of it is one of my biggest complaints is Mexican food outside of Mexico and, you know, some parts of the U.S. where there's lots of Mexicans. Everywhere else, it sucks. It's my complaint too all the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I guess it must be even harder for you. Oh, right? it's horrible. Like every time I travel, the first thing that I miss is the Mexican food, like the authentic one. So hard to find outside of Mexico. Huh? I feel like in every other country, you can find good Italian food, French food, you know, burgers, American food. You can even find good Chinese food or Korean food or sushi or Japanese food. <laughs> 
like pretty much everything out there, right? Whether you, you want some Greek food, you want a shawarma, you want something, yeah. you can find it. And it's pretty good. And in fact, I've had like extremely good, you know, Thai food in, you know, some other countries. Like, you know, I've had like really good ramen or sushi in like Chiang Mai where Japanese people will eat there and they will say, oh, it's the same as Japan. It's just cheaper here. So just stay here. But Mexican food is the one cuisine that I tried in 45 different countries and I've been disappointed (laughs) everywhere. (laughs) There are different things. One of the main situations is that, you know, we we are used to Tex-Mex. So for people that know, Tex-Mex is... Mexican food base, uh, it, it's the state's American food base of the Mexican one. And that's when they put like the big cream and all the stuff. And that's what most people know. And when you travel, you find most Tex-Mex. Authentic one, there's another thing. I, 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 I think I told you today also about the corn, you know. When, whenever the corn gets transported somewhere else, it loses its consistency and its flavor. And it's, it's so different. And one of the main things in the Mexican food is the corn, like tortilla. No, that, that's what it's made of. So when you get a tortilla somewhere else, it's very different. Yeah, even the flour tortillas <laughs> are normally not great yeah. other places, but it's not the tortillas. I think it's more the seasonings, the way that they, they cook the meat, definitely the salsas. I was going to say salsas and other thing. So corn, tortilla, salsas, because we, we here in Mexico, we give a, a few of them, you know, like the red, the green, and whatever. And, and all, other places in the world, they, they just don't. Yeah. They give you some like El Tapatio or something. Yeah. And it's terrible. Just like, and it's funny because I posted in the Chiang Mai Digital Nomads Facebook group about uh, about Mexico and about Playa del Carmen and mm. just saying like how much I, I missed Mexican food and how I'm so happy to be here and that that's the one thing that Chiang Mai is missing is good Mexican food and everybody responded oh but we have salsa kitchen I was gonna say oh come on for me it's like (laughs) as a authentic Mexican can you salsa kitchen is it authentic no No, that's what I was. Uh, every time I, w- I went there too, I was like, no, it's just, like everyone was excited. No, let's go to Salsa Kitchen, Mexican food. I'm like, dude, it's not real Mexican food. And I say, everyone, you gotta come to Mexico, and note you yourself that you've been here in Mexico. You now see the difference, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, but to be fair, I've always known what good Mexican food is because there's so many Mexicans in California. Mm. You know, from I mean, if you go to like Chula Vista in San Diego, there's some of the same chains as in Tijuana. Like mm-hmm. there's Tacos El Gordo, which to be, f- I, I actually think if you put the tacos there compared to the tacos in Playa del Carmen, which is actually not known for the best tacos, yeah. it's actually better in, in San Diego. Okay. But when you, but it's almost like comparing, you know, Bentley to a Porsche, you know, they're both good. <laughs> yeah. But when you compare Mexican food in, you know, Europe or in Asia, it's I like, see. It's not even a car. <laughs> it's like they try to make it look the same. Yeah. But the, the problem is the people cooking it have never actually had real Mexican food mm. before. Mm-hmm. Then second problem is it's hard to get the ingredients. Mm. And then third, you know, like people are just aff- – I, I mean, I guess those are probably the two things is they don't have – there's not enough Mexicans opening restaurants in other countries. But the, but the Tex-Mex thing, because if you go Salsa Kitchen, and there's another one, I forgot the name. I, I saw like three of them in Thai, in Chiang Mai. They were just giving you burritos, chimichangas, and all this yeah. stuff. That is Tex-Mex. But even if they made good, authentic burritos, 
I'll be okay. I'll be like, okay, this at least this is like good Tex-Mex, right? Have you eaten burrito here in Playa? You know what? <laughs> There's, they have them now, but it's actually not even a burrito. It's not what we think of a burrito. It's almost kind of like they fold a slightly bigger tortilla in half. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not common. It's, it's, it's not, not common. common. It's, not, yes. it's not an authentic food. But like in, uh, like actually Californians, we don't like Tex-Mex either. Mm. Like breakfast burritos in Texas are pretty good, but they put everything with this disgusting queso dip, which mm. is kind of like a nacho cheese. Oh, man. And it's just not very good. Yes. But the, like, burrito, like even a burrito in California, because it, that's where it's invented, right? In California. It's not yeah. authentic Mexican food, but it's authentic Mexican American food, yeah. which is also very, very good if you like that palate. But the problem is, even, you know, Salsa Kitchen is not bad. It's not the worst one. There's much, much worse ones in the world. <laughs> but even then, I guarantee none of the none of the cooks, none of the chefs, the owner has never had real Mexican food. Yeah. So they're yeah, just making true. it from YouTube. <laughs> well, talking about YouTube, I made a video I just mentioned about the burritos, and they say that. Well, I said like it's not Mexican, and someone replied so, from one Mexican guy, and I did my research, and yes, they are Mexicans. They like the Californian, and but they're also based in Sonora, so they are. But as we said right now, they're not common. It's not what we eat usually. Yeah, so, I can so, definitely see that. But I guess, I guess let, we could probably talk about this about Mexican food for the whole, <laughs> yeah, the whole yeah. episode. Let's skip through that a little bit. It's not a food channel, right? <laughs> yeah, it could be though. I'm sure some people were like, "No, no, no, keep talking about it." <laughs> like, yeah. But that honestly, that's a big reason why I came and I stayed in Mexico is because I miss the food so much, mm. and I love it. It's delicious and it's cheap, and cheap. it's yeah. everywhere. Aside from that. The reason why I'm here, and I think a lot of nomads are here, is it's like Chiang Mai with a beach. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's the, kind of the best way to ex to explain it. Mm. There's not that many places in the world that have a good nomad community, mm. good infrastructure, you know, as well, you know, good good Wi-Fi, good taxi system, co-working mm. spaces, but also like a good beach nearby. And Plato Carmen has it. I have a friend um, who I met in, in Chiang Mai who's Mexican. I told you, we, there's some Mexicans around. He said, like, so Chiang Mai, or let's say Thailand, is like Mexico, but safe. You know, like, ah. uh, maybe you're right. <laughs> he was right. He was right. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I will say that, too. It's, it's, it's very different, but it's the same at the same time. You know, yeah, it has a lot of similarities, like the vibe, mm -hmm. the vibe, the community. The, it's not that cheap. That's another thing. Uh, someone who I spent a time with, 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 she was living in Chiang Mai, so she came here to Playa, and she was like, "Oh, all these prices." But for me, as a Mexican, they're normal. But she was spending years in Chiang Mai for her, where everything was expensive here. But like, because he's he's not he's not that expensive, but not cheap. It's in the middle, no? Yeah. So I would say that Pedro Carmen, at least. I mean, I'm assuming it's a little bit more expensive here and in Cancun than in other parts of Mexico. Mm -hmm. Like, it, it'd be cheaper in Tabasco, I'm assuming, right? Yeah, yeah, in the small towns. Also. Yeah. But it's a beach resort town, right? I would say it's definitely cheaper than being near the beach in anywhere in the U.S. Yes. So if you compare yeah, it to, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. California well, or course. Florida, yeah. it's a third of the price or maybe less. It's way cheaper than Barcelona. Yeah. And it's still cheaper than even Portugal. Yeah. But it's not as cheap as Thailand Actually, I don't know. Maybe if you if you're living in an equivalent place in Phuket or mm. Koh Samui, it's almost the same. 
Mm. I would actually, I would, I would argue that some things here are cheaper than if you lived on a nice, right near the beach, somewhere nice. Yeah. Somewhere else. What about that? Can you compare Playa to Kosamui, Kolanta, something like that? You think it's more than, it's more that an island style than Chiang Mai? So what I like about Playa del Carmen is you have a nice beach, right? Uh, for everyone who's asking about the seaweed situation, oh. it was bad for a while, right? Mm -hmm. And this was through, you know, global warming, through a lot of the rainforest being cut in Brazil and, mm -hmm. and lots of seaweed coming here. And, and when we say a lot of seaweed, it's like a, mm, lot. Like a lot. yeah. So like so much that they can't just get rid of it. They have to like, you know, dump truck it in 20 times a day and, yeah. it, co and it costs a lot of money. So luckily that's cleared up. Hopefully it won't come back, but it's, it's beautiful now. Yeah, so the, the 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 sand is is white again. The water is clear. It's nice. So right on the beach, you have a nice beach. You can swim in it. You can scuba dive. There's stand-up paddleboard. Mm. You can just lay on the beach. There's massages for twenty dollars an hour. It's nice. Then one block over, you have Fifth Avenue, which is the touristy avenue, which has its pros and cons, right? Yeah. <laughs> so on the beach, you have the beach, but you also have a bunch of like restaurants and beach bars and nice resorts. Which is also nice. It's it's very expensive. If you want to have a burrito, it's eight dollars. If you want to have a beer, it's probably like four dollars. Mm. But it's nice. You're you know, on the sand. Fifth Avenue, which is one block up. There's no first, second, third, or fourth. <laughs> it's confusing. But Fifth Avenue is the next street up. That has all the you know touristy restaurants as well as the shopping. So you have mm -hmm. like H and M and Zara, but also kind of the nice bars, nice restaurants. And that's expensive too. If you go yeah. out to eat, it's going to cost you $15. Mm -hmm. I think that's cool. So Fifth Avenue is, is very interesting. I also been thinking about it, uh, how, how I'm going to explain to my audience, like what is Fifth Avenue, you know, because yeah, it's a mix of everything. It's a, so you have the fancy restaurants, but also like a few ones, but yeah, yeah, most are fancy, but that's where everyone is, you know, that's, it connects everyone. Yeah, so when I first heard about it, I, I assumed it was just a tourist trap that locals would never go there, but they do. They don't eat there all the time because it's expensive, but when they they want a nice meal, that's where the nice restaurants yeah. are. Yeah, exactly. And if they want to go out to a nice bar and dress up, that's where they are. So so locals do go there. Yeah. It just also happens to be where all the tourists go because it's the nicest area. Then I show you this uh, bar where we brought all the nomads on me that's in this, you know, Senzi. It's just in front of the beach. Yeah, and, and we nice have place. all those styles too, like just next to Fifth Avenue, which is pretty cool. Yeah, so I do like it. And there were some cheaper places too, right? Mm. Like, as you mentioned, there's random local places, but mm -hmm. there's also the 21 peso place. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Chapultepec, something. It's, it's very cheap. And the place looks nice, you know? It kind of looks fancy, but you go there, it's 21 pesos. Yeah, it's which like is... a dollar... A, yeah, dollar, five cents, dollar, ten cents. Something like that. And guys, muchachos, <laughs> <laughs> everything is 21 pesos, which means for one euro, or, you know, a dollar and five cents, you can have shots of tequila, or mezcal, or brandy, or scotch, or whatever you want. You can have beers, like, and full-size beers too, not not those, like, Corona Anitas. <laughs> You can have ice cold beers. You can have mixed drinks. You can have a margarita or a daiquiri. You can have a, whatever food you want. Everything's a dollar. It's crazy, right? It's like an, almost impossible to spend more than $10 while you're there. And you can have a great night. And they have tacos too for $1 or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And it's right on Fifth Ave. And there's three of them within <laughs> four blocks of each other. And then the other block uh, beside Fifth, we have the 10th, which 
has like cheaper prices than than the fifth so it's like that's it's it's for everyone it's that's that's a pretty cool thing yeah and fifth avenue is long we also have it's really long (laughs) it's like a few miles long yeah and so i guess the way to describe Toyota carmen is you have the beach you have the expensive road you have a cheaper road and then it gets cheaper and cheaper as you go further up Mm -hmm. and it's not that far like everywhere you can walk to within 10 minutes or we get the bikes as we yeah so yeah today we just got uh (laughs) bc player which is $20 for a whole year of bike rentals. They have stations every other block. Yeah. And it's fantastic. Cool. Yeah, that's what that's what I like. It's it's, it's getting easier to, to move around. Yeah. Well, we don't rent scooters like in in Thailand, no, in Chiang Mai. But yeah, because with bikes you can go and taxis they're also very cheap, usually $2 to go anywhere. Yeah, so with the taxis, at first I before I came, I was very upset that there was no Uber. Uber yeah, I know. It used to. It used <laughs> yeah. To. I wish there was. I wish they didn't, you know, kick him out. The local kind of taxi mafia. Yeah, it's crazy. But, and hopefully they come back. But to be fair, the taxis here are actually not bad. Mm. I think it's fine. I, I don't I, I don't think it's a, an issue. The only time it's an issue is when you first arrive and you either don't know the prices mm. and get overcharged. Or, I guess also, if you don't speak any Spanish and you can't say that <laughs> where you want to go. <laughs> yeah. Or... If you take the taxis at the taxi stands, especially near the bus station, where the flat rate is 100 pesos, which is $4, which actually isn't even that much. It's just three times the price as it should be. Yeah. You just got to know all those things and all these tips to to have better prices. I was going to ask you too, now that you said it. So you as a digital nomad slash tourist, first time in Playa, what about the language? How do you, how do you feel with that? So luckily... I've taken a little bit of Spanish. I'm not, my Spanish is not very good, but I can kind of communicate what I want. And now with Google Translate on your phone, it mm. hasn't been an issue at all. But like, do you think you need it to come here? I think it depends. If you stay on Fifth Ave, where all the tourists are, you don't need it at all. Yeah, yeah. I think you can get by never speaking a word of Spanish. You'll be okay. Yeah. I think on 10th Avenue, you need half and half. <laughs> And then if you, then the, you know, by the time you get to 30th Avenue, which is only, you know, five, six blocks from the beach where I live, it's 100% Spanish. Yeah, it's only Spanish. Yeah. So my Spanish is not very good as Sergio (laughs) can attest to, (laughs) but it's okay. It's okay. (laughs) Like the fact that I can tell the taxi driver, you know, um, Trenta con cuatro, Por favor. <laughs> All right. They understand, oh, he wants to go to 30th and 4th. Okay. Mm. And then, you know, I can say like, oh, yo quiero cuatro tacos. <laughs> and even though my grammar is wrong, yeah, they understand. You yeah. Know? The, ma- the message gets sent. So that's, that, that's cool. Yeah. I, I, that, that's what the debate that I had the other thing about English, Spanish. But I think even, even for Americans, I think it's good because if they travel, they only keep speaking English. They should learn another language. Yeah, I think Spanish is a good one to learn. Yeah, Spanish is the easiest language to learn as a native English speaker. And it's spoken a lot in a lot of countries. And it's very useful. Yeah. You know, all of South America, all of Central America, you know, besides maybe Brazil. And then a lot of, you know, oh, I guess just Spain. But in Spain. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's massive. Like, I think it's the second most spoken language right now. Yeah, maybe. Well, at least it's the second most useful. All right. Most useful, yeah. All right. You know, like... It doesn't matter if more people technically speak Chinese because unless you want to go to China or maybe Taiwan or Hong Kong or something, you're not going to speak it. You're not going to speak Chinese to anyone in Europe or in South America. 
and I speak it. I never use it. Oh, wow. You know, except for to yell at Chinese tourists when they're being rude. <laughs> you speak like fluent? Yeah, I speak, yeah. Oh, they don't know. And, but I never use it, so nobody even knows. It doesn't, it almost doesn't matter. Yeah. I think the most useful languages are English, English for sure, 100%. Yeah, English still one. Then Spanish. And then it just depends on where you want to travel to. Mm-hmm. You know, if you really want to go to Brazil and Portugal, then Portuguese. If you I'm really want to go... I don't... Well, uh, no. Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> Screw the French. <laughs> I like I like the French accent, but yeah. yeah. It's not you know, for me, I really want to go to the former USSR countries, Eastern Europe, so I'm learning Russian. And for me, it's more useful than Chinese. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Talking about that area, you know, like Georgia, uh, well, I mean, it's, it's close to, not, not the same. What about what about that Georgia compared to Playa or Chiang Mai uh, on, on, on prices? Is it which one is cheaper? So it all depends on how you live. If you want to live like a true local, as in you live in a s- small studio apartment, so you have no kitchen, maybe not a flat screen TV, you just have bed, bathroom, local. Maybe you're not in the city center. You have to like commute, you know, come in ten minutes mm. to the city center. You want to eat only local food. You never want to eat, you know, you never want to have like Western style food. Mm. You, you know, and you don't drink wine. You're not drinking out that much alcohol. You're not eating cheese or bread. Then Thailand and Chiang Mai is by far the cheapest the place cheapest. you can go. Yeah. You can live. I lived off of five to six hundred dollars a month and I had a, a decent life. Mm. I lived like a local. It's not very possible to do that here in Plato Carmen. Unless you have a roommate and you live in a family, you live really far. Because just the rent alone is going to be three, four hundred dollars, even if you live a little bit outside the center. Yeah, well, it's changed a lot. Uh, like five years ago, the first time I came here, I got a very, very cheap one. It was, as you mentioned, I think it was two hundred dollars, even less, but also a long time ago. Yeah, I think it's getting harder and harder to find yeah. now. You know, you know, if you want to live somewhere near the center, it's going to be. Four hundred dollars a month mm-hmm. minimum, you know. More, yeah, and this one's around Thirty Avenue. Yeah, it's less less than that. Yeah, this one's five fifty. Maybe it's cheaper if I took a year lease, but it just you know it's not it's not like Thailand cheap, right? And it was Airbnb, right? Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. That's what we use. I mean, if you speak Spanish, then you can like kind of talk to the owners and get a deal. But yeah, it's not that common. To- yeah. So Thailand, like you can get a place for two hundred bucks a month, right? And here it's it's getting it's it's not very possible, right? But here's a and here's the thing is if you're living more of a Western, I don't want to call it upscale, like comfortable lifestyle. So for me now, what I want and when I travel is I want to be in the city center. I want to be within a ten minute walk of everything. Mm. It just my life quality is that much better to meet friends, to go out, to you know go places, just you know meet up. If you live outside, you have to deal with the hassle of commuting in. Mm-hmm. Or you just end up not going out as much. Yeah, stay in your you place. just stay home. Yeah. And people they they trick themselves, they lie to themselves and say, "Oh no, I'll just take a taxi or I'll drive." It's not that far. It's not that far. It's only ten minutes. But every time I talk to them, I'm like, "Hey, you want to meet up for dinner?" They're like, "Oh, I don't know. It's kind of far. I just came mm-hmm. back." Oh, yeah, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's like you're missing out on life. Like why? Like if you want to just stay home, stay home in Michigan. <laughs> I know. You know? No, I, I think about that too, and I see a lot of friends on that. Like I'd rather pay a little bit more. Because I, I have the option to move around without problem, you know? Yeah. Stop by your house if you forget something. Also, that, <laughs> which happens a lot to me. <laughs> yeah, or if you want to drop off your bag or something, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. There's no stress of dealing with 
trying to find a taxi in the middle of the night. Yeah, yeah. We we think we we think that we save a lot of money, but we're just having more hustle to 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 live a good life, you know. So yeah, you gotta think about that balance. Yeah, it's also thinking about like what your time is worth and your mental like stress is worth, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Do I want to argue with a taxi driver every night um. <laughs> to get home? No, it's annoying. Here, because it's in the center, I don't even ask the price. Even as a f tourist, I just get in and I say, you know, Trento yeah. con cuatro, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then I give them thirty-five pesos, and they know, yeah, <laughs> and, they, and they just know, you know. Or if it's a little bit later, I'll give them forty. If I'm like drunk in the middle of the night, it's like two in the morning, it's raining, I'll give them fifty. Yeah, <laughs> and but they've never once been like, no, 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 like you need to argue because it's not that far. But then in the ranking, okay, we're saying about the price of Mexico on a playa, Georgian, in Chiang Mai. Okay. So, what's the ranking? If you're living, okay, if you're living in the center and you want to have a one bedroom apartment with a separate living room, a couch, a flat screen TV, a kitchen, and you want to eat Russian food at least sometimes, not maybe not every meal, because like, I like local food, right? Mm -hmm. But I want to be able to eat Western food, you know. Time to time. A few times a week or something. Yeah. I want to have beers. I want to have some drinks or cocktails. You know, nothing crazy, but I want to just enjoy myself. I want to have like some cheese or some bread once in a while, kind of more like Western style food. Then actually it's cheaper in Georgia because there you can get a really nice one bedroom. Even I had a three bedroom apartment for $400 a month, wow. <laughs> you know, and you can have, oh, you know, nice. good cheese and bread and wine for really cheap. And internet and Wi-Fi and taxis are really cheap. So yeah. the lifestyle I was living in Chiang Mai, it would have been cheaper if I just lived in Europe, in Georgia or Poland or Ukraine or something like Eastern Europe. Uh, and actually probably, yeah, I would say here also, I think it depends. I think Playa del Carmen is definitely the most expensive out of those three. When you think about foreigner stuff, you know, Western. Yeah. But know. even, I don't know, even like I only eat local food. Like I haven't really had any Western food since I've been here because I love Mexican food so much. Hmm. And there's so much different like varieties, right? Yeah, I still love. So I would say Plato Carmen's a very good value. I I, I would spend, I spend about $1,500, $1,200 to $1,500 a month here. But that's me eating a lot, drinking a lot, you know, going out and scuba diving, you know, having a like a gym membership, co-working space membership, kind of everything added together. That's in Georgia, it'll probably be a few hundred dollars less. And in Thailand, maybe it's closer to a thousand. Mm. But at the end of the day, it's it's like, it's about life quality, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And none, none of it's expensive. Like you think about it, <laughs> like if you're really bootstrapping, you're starting out, You shouldn't be drinking or living in a nice place anyways. Yeah, you should just live as cheap as possible. And those three options are, are, are good options. Yeah, and all three are good options. You know? Only depends. Yeah, I mean, the greatest thing about Playa, if if you're listening and you're American, it's like very close, you know? That's the number one reason why yeah. this is a good place for Americans is it's an easy, not even just Americans, Canadians too. Mm -hmm. It's an easy, short flight. Yeah. Usually it's a direct flight. Maybe it's one stopover. It's pretty much the same time zone. It's the same time zone as, as yeah, like New York. Because yeah. yeah. a lot of people struggle in Asia, you know, with the time zone. So that's, yeah. that's a key key point. And it's close enough and cheap enough for if you need to go home for something, like someone gets married or someone's yeah, birthday or, you know, Thanksgiving or Christmas, you can just be like, oh, I'll go home for a few days. Yeah. Versus if you're in Asia, it's it's you're like, no, there's no way <laughs> I'm going home. No, it happens to me a lot. Like, I love Chiang Mai. 
the reason that I go that often is the same thing. Like to see family like so far, you know. I, I wish we just invented teletransportation. <laughs> it would be easier, you know. But come on. Yeah, but then we have um, the visa issue as well. Mm. Well, yeah, well, how's the state with the visa here? I think it's six months, no? Yeah, well, not just the U.S. It's a pretty much of, everyone. Yeah. When you come to Mexico, you get six months on arrival. That's cool. I didn't know. I didn't think about that. Yeah, we got a stamp. It's free. And then as soon as you leave and you come back, you get another six months. Oh, wow. So technically, you as long as you leave for at least like a week or something, just then, you know, yeah. don't come back the same day. Yeah. <laughs> You can pretty much live in Mexico forever on a tourist visa. So kind of like the multi-entry visa that we did in Chiang Mai, you know? Like yeah. Kind of six months and leave and come back. Yeah. And, and just that, like, imagine that Chiang Mai visa, but never having to pay for it, apply for it, and then it renews every time you come back. Wow, that's interesting. It's amazing. See? You see, Mexico, we just want to bring people. Yeah. That's cool. The only country that has a better visa is Georgia. Wait, how? You get, you get one year on arrival. No way. <laughs> I didn't know. Which is almost like it's unnecessary. It's better, of course, but it's six months is fine. I'm not like as digital nomads, we're always going to travel somewhere. Yeah, after six months. So. Yeah, and you, if you're not, you should. <laughs> yeah, that's one struggle of, of Thailand, Chiang Mai. It's just all this visa stuff, man. It's like getting out every three months or two depends on your visa. It's a little bit annoying. Yeah, and it's like the same. At least. As a tourist, if you're just going for the Nomad Summit or something and you're going for less than a month, it's easy. You just show up, you get yeah, 30 days for yeah. free. There's no BS. But most of us want to stay longer, so it's yeah, it's a problem. And then if you want to stay for another month, it's pretty easy. You go extend it, pay 30 bucks. But then if you want to stay longer, then it becomes hard. Yeah. Unless you pre-planned it, you went to the embassy back in your home country, you got the six-month visa. But even then, Thailand now, they don't want people staying for more than five or six months a year. Regardless of what visa you have. Really? So even though the visa is good for nine months, they're like, no, don't stay here for more than six months a year. <laughs> That's crazy. I mean, yeah. The problem is, for example, Europe, for you and me, most of the, the nationalities, you know, like this horrible that tons of countries in one package and it's only three months of six months. That's... <laughs> That's horrible. So, yeah. The Schengen visa, for you guys that don't know, is pretty much all of Europe. Most, at least all of Western well, Europe. Yeah. It's horrible. And it's nice if you want to go for a few months, if you're on vacation. We get three months every six months, so 90 days for free. But the problem is it doesn't reset until another you know, six months, six months. which means... You'd have to come back next winter. <laughs> but but it counts all the countries. That's the horrible yeah. thing, you know? Like, if I want to leave, let's say, two months in Barcelona, I only have one month left. <laughs> yeah, that's it. You're done. Yeah, it's crazy. And that's a, the big reason why I've been spending time in Ukraine and now Georgia mm-hmm. is because they have their own visas. Mm-hmm. That's cool. And Ukraine, un- and unfortunately, it's also only three months, but at least it's not connected to the rest of Europe, so it's okay. It's funny that when I went to Ukraine, everybody was like, oh my God, it's so dangerous. And when I got there, I realized it's actually not dangerous at all. Like maybe if you were on that one area right next to like the Russian border where there's there's a conflict, but everywhere else I've been, it's actually very, very safe. Mexico was the other place where everyone warned me, Mm. it's dangerous, don't come. (laughs) And... I was scared, to be honest, right? People sent me, like, random people. I mean, like, I don't even really know them. I don't think I knew them at all. They just, like, sent me articles every time it was in the news. And I'm like, oh, man. And, you know, I'm not stupid, so I'll look into it. But at the same time, I don't fall for, like, news headlines. Yeah. 
So I'm curious, like from your point of view, is it safe here in Plato Carmen Cancun? That's another topic that I still don't know how to talk to my audience about Mexico itself. So it, I mean, it is safe. It, it's just, it's not that safe at other places, let's say. So you hear a lot of things in the news and it, as, as, as we all say, you know, even in the States, there's a lot of shootings, like. We here is not that common to have shootings. It's just the narcos thing. Like they're all, all around Mexico. They're mostly on the north, which is the fight on the border, and that's where they are mostly. But if you walk around here, like it's, no, I mean Playa is very safe. Yes, you can find someone occasionally, maybe who wants to steal your stuff, but it's not that common. Even let's say Mexico City. Mexico City has twenty-two million habitants. You know, it's that's a lot. So yeah, there's one killing which is horrible because it's a dead uh, after all but that small one on 22 makes the news you know and now make you make it makes everyone think that it's dangerous so it's not like if, if you're just a normal guy who takes precautions i mean i have a big camera which i make my youtube videos and i i, I work with that without problem i will be a little bit worried at night only you know I'll be, oh, maybe if someone see this camera, I will try to take it. But if I'm in Fifth Avenue, it's totally fine. But if I go to the 30, which is like a less uh, uh, less people walking around, that will be a little bit more sketchy. But it is not. I don't know how to explain. Like it's it's safe if you if you if you have common sense. I will say that. What do you think? I, I think the exact same thing. Uh, so what you have to <laughs> the only thing the good the news is good for. What you should worry about is when something becomes so common that the news stops reporting about it. Mm-hmm. Mm. Right now, it's it's very easy for them to get clicks and get viewers anytime they talk about a, a murder in Mexico. Mm-hmm. As soon as there's one, especially if it's a, it involves a tourist or it's near the tourist oh, yeah. area or anything to like remotely, you know, be like they even go as far as saying like. You know, there is, uh, you know, like murders in Solaridad. Solaridad, yeah. Which around Playa. Which is the, and then they will say like, which is the area where the tourists are. And then I looked at it, I was like, this, Solaridad is a big area. Yeah. It's like, it's like saying yeah, there was yeah. murders like somewhere in Western Europe. <laughs> it's like a big yeah. area, but they just, and I read more. And they're like, oh, yeah, no tourists are involved. <laughs> and I'm like, why did you input the headline, it's you know, crazy. murders in the tourist area? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just awesome. to get clicks. Yeah. So here's the, the thing is I value my life. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you guys listening to this realize that I'm not stupid. <laughs> I love my life. Yeah. And I would not put myself in a <laughs> dangerous situation just to be in a dangerous situation. Mm-hmm. If the rewards are not high enough or the risk is is too high, I've traveled a lot, and I'm you know I like to think I have a pretty good head on my shoulders. If it was truly dangerous, I would not be here. Yeah, there are places in the world where I choose not to go. A lot of places in Africa, even including South Africa, which I really like. When I was there, I was like, you know what, the danger level of me getting killed or robbed is actually pretty high. Mm. And it's not just like some made-up statistic. Like you don't see it in the news. Like nobody's talking about like oh murder in South Africa mm-hmm. because it would happen like every freaking hour there'd be a headline. You know, in places that are currently at war in the Middle East, 
Like, I just don't go to those places yeah. because I'm like, why should I go? Just to be different or, like, be a pioneer or be, you know, just be like, oh, it's so cool. Like, I'm, I'm the only tourist here. <laughs> the fact is, there are 52 million tourists a year in Mexico just from the U.S. That's great. That's hundreds of millions of tourists from other places. Yeah. And unfortunately, 114 of them get killed every year, which sounds like a lot, right? hundred More than 100 tourists got killed. It's a lot. But if you look at the math, 114 divided by 52 million. It's a small percentage. It's five, it's five zeros before a percentage. That's great. So yeah. the calculation is... Am I going to be one of those people? Maybe, but the chances are very slim. I will put the caveat that if you get involved in drugs in any way, if you start selling drugs, even just to other tourists or to your friends, the chances of you getting murdered are much higher because now you're involved in the cartel trade and you're in competition with them. I was just going to say that, like, so some of the kills over there, you don't even know what's going on, you know? They could, they could have been in all these deals. Like, that's the that's the problem. We don't have wars here, like, uh, in, um, where, you, where you said, like, Iran, Iran, I don't know exactly where. So we don't have all the stuff. We only have, like, this narco situation, but it's not every day. And it's usually, you know, things that happen within there because there's several bands. And sometimes what happens is that they go on the streets and there's like civil, civils that die. And that's like the whole news that happened. No, but it's so rare. It's not like every day. It's not yeah. at all. So the statistically, you are, I think, more than 10 times more likely to get in a car accident than you are to be killed while in Mexico Yeah, for, for any reason. And that means that if you are willing, especially in places like even Thailand, which I love, there's a lot of traffic accidents. A lot of people get killed in car crashes, bus crashes, especially scooters Scooter, and, yes, and motorcycle crashes. In Indonesia, it's even worse. If you're so, if you are okay, here's the thing: if you are willing to go to Thailand or Bali and get in a car for any reason, even if you're not driving, even as in you know, as a in a taxi or something, especially if you're willing to get on a scooter. You are much more likely to get killed there, mm-hmm. t- more than 10 times more likely to get killed there, <laughs> maybe 20 times more likely to get killed there than you are to die in Mexico yeah. for any reason. But everything is about the news. i just give you an example. Let's, let's say Medellin, Colombia, which I just went, I think, two years ago, whatever. And my dad was all worried, you know, oh, don't go there. Like, watch your, your backpack. Someone will put drugs on there, you know. Like, my dad is Mexican. But it's because that's what he hears in the news, like, from other places. It's like what you hear in Mexico. But when you're here, I'll tell you again, it's very rare that something happened. Like, you will have to have very bad luck for something to you to happen. Or you'll be showing off what you have a lot. Then you're going to track whatever. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, honestly, like... I think I'm extra paranoid here. This is one of the few places where sometimes I'm like, oh, should I wear my wa- my gold watch out? Or should I bring my camera out? And sometimes I just leave it because I'm like, ah, I don't need it. But even then, I know that if I did have it, it's probably actually okay. Like the chance of me being robbed or yeah, it's okay. something happening is actually probably lower here than in most big cities in the US. It's lower than if I was in France or in Barcelona. That's interesting. And I think here's the difference is 
when I'm out at like let's say some random restaurant or something, even here on 30th Avenue, like which is more the local area, I look around and I'm like, you know what? Nobody here would rob me. Like they wouldn't even think about it. Like there was no even they have the opportunity or they were they were like behind on their rent. Nobody here would rob me. Not just me, just but just like they wouldn't hurt hurt anyone. They're just like good people. Yeah. But if I was in LA or if I was in Detroit or if I was in South Africa or if I was in Italy or Paris, I would look around and be like, oh, yeah, at least two of these 10 people here, if they had the chance, they would steal my shit. They, like, for sure. Well, I, I, I was raised in Mexico. So, I, uh, what, 24 years, let's say, in total of my life? Yeah, I've never been rough. And I just know some friends or just a connection that it might have something stolen or get robbed, but it's not. Yeah. And it happens here, right? Especially like people target tourists that come off the cruise yeah. ships because they have money and they're not, not paying attention. And unfortunately, my friend Chris got his backpack stolen from a Starbucks on Fifth Ave. No. But it wasn't, you know. Yeah, well, we're saying that it, it does happen, but it's not common. Let's see. Yeah. And it's like the more I think about it, the more I realize he got really unlucky. Mm. Like, it really could have happened to anyone, and it could have happened anywhere. It's not, like, being here now for over a month and having friends that have lived here for years, they all have heard of things happening, but it doesn't happen every day. It doesn't even happen every month. It doesn't happen to everyone. It just, like, it just happens sometimes. Yeah, I would say there's always good people in the world, and there's also bad. And i give you a quick story. I just remind myself right now, this weekend... A friend, uh, she was uh, driving to 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 Playa. She was a li- she lives a little bit far, so her phone got lost. She was on the bike, and she's like, "Oh, can you help me?" Yeah, yes. Yeah. So we we went to iCloud and checked where where it was because she didn't know where exactly it felt. So we 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 got the the the, the tracking and it started moving. And we're like, "Oh, then we someone took it." But I was I was thinking, no, there has to be something. So finally, uh, I. Uh, Called the, the the phone, they, they replied, and we just uh, it was a guy said, yeah, I took it, I saw it on the floor, and I was just waiting for someone to call. So it's neither you call me, so let's meet, and we met. They gave the phone. Wow, no money, not nothing. He like he didn't ask for anything. A That's great. Typical Mexican guy who just wanted to to help. So That's really nice. It was pretty cool. You know. And I think that's the that's the thing is there's a lot of like I would say the vast majority of Mexicans are very nice people, mm. hardworking, honest people. Yeah. You also have a very small percentage, maybe point zero 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 one percent of people who are bad motherfuckers. <laughs> Some you know, which does everywhere in the world, you know. <laughs> yeah, I would say the, the difference is the extremes are different. <laughs> okay. Like people are either very very nice or they're like you know cartel criminals <laughs> that's true but the yeah. the odds of them being a cartel criminal is so small mm. and if you're not involved in that scene or you don't just like if you're not like so unlucky that you're in the wrong area yeah. which is literally literally the same odds of you being struck by lightning mm. if you're if you're if you're if you're really unlucky and you get struck by lightning that sucks i, I feel bad <laughs> If you're really unlucky and you happen to be at a bar or hotel where the cartels come sh- like shoot a rival gang member or something yeah, yeah. and you get shot, I feel bad. It sucks. But the chance of that happening are still so small that if you are willing to go outside when it's raining for the chance of getting struck by lightning <laughs> or if you're willing to get into a car, even if you're in your hometown, even you know wherever you live in Europe, in Germany, in the U.S., 
if you're willing to get into a car, whether you're driving or not, and go on a highway, then you should be willing to come here. Yeah. If, if, if we talk about it more about this cartel thing, I also just remind myself another thing. It was like two years ago that, it, that the thing got heavier. That, um, yeah, these cartels came here and whatever. And there was this bar and there was a festival, the EPN, EDM. I don't know if you heard about that. There was a shooting there, like two, three guys died, but there were so many people. And that was, that was big. There was a big scandal. All the news went viral and everyone thinking the player wasn't safe. Some bars closed. One of my favorite called La Santanera. It was, it was amazing. But it was a situation that happened like two years ago and then things started to settle down. And as I said, it was just it's between these cars, like they tried to kill whatever, we don't know. And, you know, things with the government because they tried to show power and government like, no, we are the power, you know, all these battles. But it's between them again. Like it's, it's, it's still, as I say, it's not really common, I swear. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you you will see, what you will see are police or military driving around with machine guns. And it's weird when you first see it. I serve that for me, it's not that common. I, I'm not used to that, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's not like a normal thing to see. So I can understand why, as a tourist, yeah. you might look at it and be like, oh my God, what's happening? But when I look at them, I'm happy that they're there because they're there for our safety. Mm. And I don't think it's necessary for them to be there, but I'm actually happy they're there. It's like when you see cops around, you know? Like, it's all cool that they're just checking around so you feel yeah. more safer. Yeah. And so, okay. So I guess to wrap up the safety part, because <laughs> yeah. we could probably talk about this forever. Yeah, yeah. Statistically, it's it's safe. Uh, in reality, it's not unsafe. Mm-hmm. Everybody here should be a little bit more cautious. Definitely, definitely don't get involved with the drugs at all. Yeah. 100%. And then I would say as far as like non-violent crime, like petty crime, getting pickpocketed or robbed or something... I think it's actually lower here lower, than yeah. for sure Barcelona or Paris, one hundred percent or Italy. I will see. Yeah, when you, you when you get here, you, you you will feel safe, and as the days pass by, you'll start forgetting about it. You know? Yeah, that's the least thing that you think about each day when you've been two weeks, three weeks already here. Yeah, and it's that, it doesn't mean it doesn't happen. Yeah. You know, unfortunately, it sucks. You know, it happened to my friend, but his bag could have got stolen. In Italy, and nobody would be like, "Oh, yeah. you know, don't go to Italy, or don't go to go, don't go to Barcelona," you know. And but if, if you're scared, you're gonna miss out tacos. Oh my god, <laughs> playa, man, everything. Yeah. At the end of the day, for me, it's like risk versus reward, mm. right? Where the rewards are so high and the risk is so low that I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna go. I'm gonna enjoy myself. I'm not gonna be stupid, just like I'm not gonna be stupid enough to drive mm. drunk. With no helmet in Bali, yeah. But you know, I'm I'm still gonna enjoy myself. So you only visited this time player, right? You didn't check other. I've been cities? to like Rosarito, I'm in a Tijuana. Which one did you say? Ro- Ro- Rosarito. I don't know. Kind of near Tijuana. It's okay. all in Baja. Okay, I don't know. So I've been there a lot because it's close to California. Well, Mexico City. No. It's I my first time. You, man. I want to go. I want to go for the Al Pastor. The tacos, the real tacos out of there. There's so many options there. Yeah. I've been watching uh, Taco Chronicles on Netflix. I heard about it. I haven't, it's I haven't good. Seen it. <laughs> Everybody should watch that. And then you'd be so hungry. You'd be like, oh, I need yeah, to go to Mexico. Here, yeah, I know. So you've been to a lot of places, right? So you grew up yep. in Tabasco. Yeah. When did you start traveling? Born and raised in Tabasco. Like the sauce, I always say that. Uh, I I studied a career in Puebla. I studied architecture. 
And my first ever travel was through my university. They have like a students change and I apply and I got accepted to Italy. I live in Torino, Turin. And it was more the original plan was six months, but I extended for a year and a half. It was, it was my first time outside of Mexico. I always feel like this uh, Sergio before and after the experience. Travel around Europe. Uh, so, you know, like how cheap was to fly over there, Ryanair and all the stuff. So I realized that, you know, that the, the travel bug beat me, they say. I came back, um, finished the career in Puebla, became, I'm, I'm officially an architect. And then I was going to start, well, I started a studio in Querétaro. I, f I saw myself an architect, but um, things happened and uh, the studio didn't succeed at all after a year. And so I just came back to Tabasco. I'm like, well, what should I do now? But all these years, ever since I was 14 years old, I learned to code because I love a uh, machine game pump it up. I created my first website. So I was doing websites just a hobby. And that's when I realized, well, maybe I can be a freelance, right? We're talking about 2013, 14, a long time ago. So, uh, so that's when I realized that I just needed a laptop to to be anywhere and i said man let's travel so since there since then where, where else have you been since there i've been to many places the first place was peru lima there's this organization called isec i don't know if you, you heard about no. it it's like a youth organization that they give you two options like an internship or like a social project so i apply for social so they give you a place to stay but with a local family it was pretty cool But if you want to work or create your own business, you won't, you won't have time, you know. But for me, I said, I was starting and needed something like they, they, they gave me everything. So I was like half time on the social project and the other part working on my stuff. So it was cool. I spent three months there. And then I realized that, yeah, I wanted more. I think Playa was like one of my, maybe the second place that I went. And in Playa, like five years ago, I went to Nest. It was the first co-working in, oh, nice. in Playa. It was a different building than the one that you know now. Right. And a guy next to me, we, I think his name is Eric. He just, oh, are you a digital nomad? I'm like, what? What is that? You know, and that's when I I officially became a digital nomad. Um, and yeah, I've been traveling many places now. Chiang Mai was one of my, uh, my the places that I wanted to go because everyone's saying, go to, go to Chiang Mai, go to Chiang Mai. And I love Buddhism, so I was like, Thailand has to be my place. So I was already used, you know, Europe, uh, Lima, uh, Costa Rica, the States. Also, my first time in the States was uh, Fargo, North, North Dakota. Wow, yeah. And everyone asked me why, you know. Yeah. There was a conference there. It was called The Misfit. It was amazing. It was only two times. I went two times, but it's not, not there anymore. Well, what, what type of conference was it? I saw it's really hard to explain, but it's like a creative. Okay. It was small. There were many cool people. The minimalists, you heard about the yep. minimalists? So they're my friends because I met them there. Oh, cool. It was just like 80 people. So we met everyone. And uh, minimalists, Jason Suk, like a few, a few cool people. Okay. Jonathan Fields, whatever. Um, and and, and it, it was pretty cool. Then after Fargo, I always wanted to go to New York. It was my dream. So I flew to, to there. And it was also, I love New York. It's nice. one of the greatest places, I, I think. It made me realize like, what is for me the states and yeah. i fell in love and then i flew to portland oregon there was another conference called world domination summit by yeah. chris gillibu uh -huh. you know you know the guy or no yeah. but i've heard of wds yeah, it's, it's a cool. great name yeah yeah but it's the last one next year so because they, they've already dominated the world yeah <laughs> exactly so that was my first place in the states um and i think after that i went straight to to chiang mai okay. and 
and you know Chiang Mai just makes you I like it but it's just so nice that you just want to stay but for me it was almost a year wow nice more in, the, in there like back and forth you know going back to see the family and, and going again I was gonna stay you know I was feeling in love from Chiang Mai I I got the multi-entry was gonna apply for to stay the nine months the whole trick I was staying nine months but there was a thing happened. Everything happened for a reason. I was invited to speak in the Dini X in Buenos Aires, which is the Spanish version of of the Dini X. I don't think it's still there. And they pay me the ticket. Oh, nice! From Thailand to Argentina, which is it's a way, it's a long way. So when they uh, uh, invited me, I was like, maybe that's why I should. This was my time to leave China. Okay. I was gonna stay longer. I don't know how what would have happened. And yeah, I stayed in Buenos Aires. Then I went to Medellin, and then uh, back to to Mexico, to Playa, to Oaxaca, to a few places. And I, I I've been to many places. Hard to, to say. Have you been to Europe yet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Italy. Italy, okay. Italy first, but then I, I traveled around like Barcelona. Yeah, I forgot to say because I did the Nama Cruz too. Uh huh. So it was from Gran Canaria. Oh, we met yeah, in, we're the brother together. Yeah, we met. In, well, but you didn't go to Noma, Noma Cruz that time, right? Uh, I don't remember. No, you didn't. But I was I w- Gran Canaria. I wouldn't remember, but we met in Gran Canaria. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah, in Gran Canaria. Oh, I forgot Panama because it was it was uh, Gran Canaria to Panama. So we do Bocas del Toro, San Jose. Europe. I've been to uh, Barcelona. Live two months. Lisbon. Two weeks, I'm going to go back. Uh, but I mean, all around. But as a digital nomad, not that much, which that's what I want. I want to try, you know, Berlin. Next year, I want to try Kiev, Georgia, all these places, Bansko with, with Matias that I met him, the road trip. So, man, there's many places that I want to see. Yeah, lots of cool places, right? Uh, it, are you going to go on another nomad cruise? Mm, so I promised Johannes that I will when I get better on, on video because like this is my new thing. So I've been writing for sort of six years and just one year of YouTube and I, I'm enjoying it that I just start uh, posting everything in English. So I think in a year or something like that when I get so much better at camera, like Johannes, I promise you I'll come back. Okay, nice. <laughs> and you? Uh, I'm going to go. So I've only been every summer. I don't go on their long trips because there's no internet for those two weeks. Yeah. I would thing. like to do it, but it just haven't hasn't worked with my travel schedule and plans because I always have to be somewhere to organize the next Nomad Summit. But I like the summer ones because they're a little bit shorter. They're in Europe, which I want to be in anyways, and they stop every other day, which is nice. Mm. I think it's kind of like a nice balance. Uh, so I don't know when or where it's going to be summer 2020, but I'll probably go on it because I, I really like it. So you've done a few or just the one that I've done you... Two. Oh, two. Yeah, I've done one from summer to Athens to Greece, and then another one just from I think Grand Canary to yeah. um, to Lisbon. One thing that I don't personally like is you know to fly to the place so you can go to the cruise. Like I'd rather plan it before yeah. or be close so I can try it. I think the smart thing is if you could spend a few months in that area first, yes. enjoy it, go mm. on the cruise. And then spend a few months in the next place. That's the best. Yeah. But, you know, I think a lot of nomads, they're afraid of, they're so afraid of missing out that they don't want to plan ahead. Mm. And the best thing that I started doing the last year is I started planning my entire year in advance. And I'm going to do a recap on my blog about what actually changed or what stayed the same. 
but pretty much all of it stayed the same. And what that allowed me to do was save a lot of money on flights by booking ahead of time instead of last minute. Hmm. You know, first off, I get cheaper flights, but also better flights with like more direct flights, premium economy sometimes instead of uh, coach, like less layover time. But it also let me book better Airbnbs because instead of having like very low selection last minute, sometimes I book it like three, four months in advance. And it's cheaper. And it's cheaper and there's a good selection. So this has really allowed me to kind of know where I'm going to be. And yeah. it doesn't mean I won't change it. Like the few times I've changed something is because something way better happened. Yeah. Not just like a little bit like, oh, I'll FOMO if I don't do this. But more just like, oh, no, I really want to do this or I really want to, you yeah. know. Yeah, yeah I, I try to plan in advance at least a year. I always do my annual review and where I want to go. And yeah, I try to book everything in advance because if not, like last minute, everything's so, so pricey. I wish Airbnb would have better monthly refund policies because it doesn't make sense if you book something for a whole month, seven months out and like yeah they should three months out you want to cancel or change it like if they take a hundred percent that's stupid yeah i think i think it's a really bad customer service and experience on airbnb's part and it discourages monthly rentals yeah so i hope that airbnb either changes that policy or a competitor comes in where they only do monthly rentals with a better refund policy that'll be interesting there's a few yeah People doing digital nomad sites for booking, but still... They're too small. There's not enough inventory. It's, it's hard. Just, yeah. It's like there, there's a, a big hole in the market, I think. So whoever's listening, if you want a business idea, <laughs> that's, it's going to be hard, but it'll be worth we're it. We're waiting for that. <laughs> yeah, we are. Have you tried Colivians? Um Yes and no. Let me think. I've definitely been involved with some Colivian. I don't know if I've actually lived in any co-living spaces. For more than like a few yeah. days or something. Would you try it? Yeah. Uh, it I think the biggest problem with co-living is usually it's way more expensive than I if gonna, I just booked it myself. I was going to say that, yeah. I think what they need to do is make it competitive where like, of course, it's a business that needs to make money. But if they charged, you know, 50% more than what I can just get on my own, like why would I, why would I pay it, you know? Like is unless they're giving me fifty percent more value, which mm. normally they're not. It's like you pay for the community. I mean, yeah, it's a, it's good and bad. I don't know. I I, I had a, a one in Montreal right now. It was it was it was nice. But yeah, I could get it cheaper if I got my own place. But there was already community. It was pretty cool. I think what they need to do is they need to find places where they can make it so it has like a built-in co-working space. This one had. So I didn't didn't pay extra for cool. Yeah. So as long as the price of the monthly rental, Includes including the, the co-working space, is more or less within 10% of what I would pay myself for a place and a co-working space, then I think it's fine. Yeah. But if it's going to be way more expensive, then I'm like, no, like it just, it's not worth it. Yeah. Well, I was just curious. Because yeah, the, the way that you travel, I think it's not that... Useful for you to, to try the, the colleagues, I think. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it's, it's complicated, you know? <laughs> like, I think it's... I, I think there's a lot... It's a young it's a young industry for us. Yeah. But I think a lot of things are going to happen. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for the for what's... It just, yeah, it, as you say, it's young. There's so many things showing up and businesses. And yeah, it's, it's a good opportunity yeah. for anyone. And I think it's not just for digital nomads. I think more and more people want to travel this way and have more flexibility. You know, the... 
the the days of needing to sign a one year contract for everything, oh, yeah. like for your gym membership, for your phone, for internet, for you know just you know everything. I think that's gone. You know, for your rent, for your house, nobody wants to do that anymore. Yeah, that's true. Like I think the new generation, we value flexibility. We're willing to pay a little bit more for it, but we want the flexibility. Also, like the sense of freedom, you know, that is kind of related. The freedom that we can say, oh, we can change whatever tomorrow. We're not a tie to something. Yeah. And you know, honestly, I think some of that's a little bit bad where we're like, okay, tomorrow we want to get up. I think we should be able to commit for two, three months, you know, one month, two months, three months. I think that's fair. And I think it's probably healthier if we commit a little bit. Yeah. I think, and we should, like, for example, at gyms, what they should do is instead of trying to get you to commit for one year, forcing you to commit for one year through some crazy fees or something or some outrageous pricing, I think that's stupid. I also understand why they don't want people to go month to month. What they should do is say, no, we have month to month and it's a fair price, but it's kind of expensive. But if you do three months, then it's it's a very reasonable price. Yeah. You know, did buy you, two months, get one free or something. Did you try or know the, the gym Snap Fitness? In the States? No, I haven't. Oh, man. It's so annoying. So I had it in Ohio because my mom now lives in Detroit, in Toledo, close to Detroit. That's another story. Uh, I went to this one. It's so horrible. You know, the contract. And uh, I only wanted it for two months because this time I was going to stay with my mom. And when I needed to cancel the contract, all this year, I need to talk to the guy. Oh, why are you canceling? Oh, it's so annoying. No? I just want to pay. I wish I could just pay the month instead yeah. of all these horrible contracts. I, re I really hate it. I think people who grew up in the U.S. or somewhere where they're used to it, they just don't know any better. But once you've tasted the freedom and you start questioning things, then you're like, this is insane. Why would I do that? Like, I have so many friends who are locked into a cell phone contract or a cable contract or something that they just can't get out of. And they think it's normal. Yeah. And I'm like, no, that's not normal. Like, you've literally handcuffed yourself to some BS company yeah. that doesn't care about you. You know, they're not giving you the best service. They're not giving you the best price. They, they're just like, they're forcing themselves. And yeah, as we said now, the digital normal world and even anyone on the internet, now we have the options. And that that's the cool thing. So yeah, things are going to change for the good, I hope so. Yeah. So kind of back to the robbery thing is I know that when I live in the U.S. and I'm paying U.S. prices, it's a 100% chance that every month I'm getting robbed. <laughs> Just because I'm overpaying for stuff. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's like here, there's maybe, maybe it's a 1% chance, right? Maybe it's probably lower, right? But let's say it's, you know, mas o menos 1% chance that something bad might happen. I might get robbed. I might get overcharged or something, you know, something negative, right? I probably won't get killed, but something, you know, 0.1% chance that something bad will happen. And if it happens, it sucks, right? If I am in Bali, That probably goes up. Probably goes to, you know, maybe a 10% chance or maybe even 20% chance that someone's going to skim my credit card or my ATM card because it happens so of, much there. Man. It's insane. Or, uh, you know, I'm going to get into an accident and hurt myself on a motorbike or trying to drive through this crazy, like, low passes. <laughs> Or you know get you know it's some, like something bad will happen. It's probably it's probably like a 10%, 20% chance. Mm. People just don't want really to think about it or talk about it. They're like, oh, like oh, it sucks. They got a motorbike accident. Like they're surprised. You know, it happens so much. 
while and in the US it's a hundred percent chance that I'm gonna get robbed legally <laughs> by overpaying for stuff. <laughs> I know. So for me, it's just a it's not an emotional thing. I know it's more emotional to know that there's a point zero 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 one percent chance of getting beheaded here in Mexico as a tourist. Yeah. When there's a zero percent chance of me being beheaded as a as a tourist in Thailand or in Switzerland or in the US. And that's scary to think about yeah. because it's a big headline that you're like, whoa, I don't want to get murdered. I don't want to get kidnapped. But the reality is the chance of that happening is so tiny that does it really, really matter at the end of the day if I get killed in a car accident or if I get killed by a shot by a gang member or a cartel member? <laughs> I'm still dead. And then my chance of getting killed by a cartel member is point zero 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 one, or my chance of getting killed in a scooter accident in Bali is point zero zero one. I'd rather take my chance of getting killed by a cartel member. <laughs> yeah, but it won't happen. <laughs> no, it's just like it's very unlikely. You know? I think travel, which I, uh, I love about, I mean, I love many things about travel. One of the things it's, it just makes you realize a lot of things. You know, talking about. Um, What, 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 like it makes you conscious of what are you paying back home as we we're saying it makes you conscious of your material stuff like everything that when we are actually in our comfort zone we just let it go and companies just take advantage of that you know yeah and that's the real danger is getting comfortable mm -hmm. and just allowing you know the government to take 40% of your of your earnings every, every year because you live in the US you live in California they take another 10% mm -hmm. or you know Daily life, taking 40 bucks a day for lunch and dinner because that's just what it costs. Yeah. Or just everything, you know, insurance taking $400 a month from your paycheck without you even realizing. Like, those are, that's a 100% sure way of being robbed every month while being robbed here is less than 1%. So I'd rather yeah. take that risk. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. That's why we, we inspire others to travel too. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's. I think hopefully this this episode kind of opens a couple people's eyes because I I know it's scary, right? It's a it's an emotional thing, you know. Like you're you're it's it's much scarier to think about getting attacked by a shark and killed by a shark than it is to, to think about drowning. Mm. But the, the fact is, you're much more likely to drown swimming in the ocean that than getting attacked by a shark. You're much more likely to get into a car accident on your way to the beach to go swim than you are to get killed by a shark. You're much more likely to, to get struck by lightning while coming out of the water than you are to get attacked yeah. by a shark. But the thing is, it's scary as fuck to think about getting attacked by a shark, which is why it makes the, the news headlines and why people are so scared of sharks. While nobody is scared of getting in a car. Nobody's scared of cancer from smoking, even though the chance of you dying from smoking is a million times higher than getting killed by a cartel member or getting killed by a shark attack. Yeah. Yet we stupidly worry about things that don't really matter that much. And we talk about it. It consumes our, our mental sprays. It stops us from enjoying life, coming to places, saving a thousand or dollars a month or more, living in a place like Mexico, rather than staying in Fargo, North Dakota in the winter because we're scared. <laughs> And that fear is holding us back And that is the, the real danger in life 
is staying content somewhere safe and comfortable and having a guarantee that we're not enjoying our life as much as we could. I always say that fear, you cannot remove fear. You just got to make it your alley. Like if you if you hold the hands of, of fear and say let's let's do it either way, the in the other side of the of the, of the leap, you're gonna have a better experience. And that's what I hear a lot of people who come here, either playa or around Mexico. They're like, whoa, I wasn't expecting this. It was so nice, so much better than than what I hear in the news. And some people stay. You know, my friend Jordan, also from the road trip, he, he loves it so much that he's moving in next year to playa. You know. So because they realize it, it's so much better than, than as people think about. Yeah, I, I like it a lot as well. I'm actually in the middle of writing a big blog post all about Planet Carmen, best places to eat, and also the more about the the dangers and annoyances here. So look on johnnyft.com. It should be out by then. Sergio, you've made a lot of videos and wrote a lot about Planet Carmen as well. How, yeah. how can people find that? Uh, just my, my YouTube channel. So just search my name, Sergio Sala, which is uh, Sergio, S-E-R-G-I-O, and then S-A-L-A. So yeah, I have a website too and my Instagram, like everything. So about digital nomads, I make videos. So you want to check it out, you're most welcome. Yeah, really cool. And they're both in Spanish, but also now you have a few English ones coming out. Yeah. So uh, my blog has been in Spanish for, for six years, but one year I started a YouTube channel and currently everything will be in English so everyone can uh, understand. So yeah, you anyone is welcome to, to see. I have videos of uh, cool stuff come, coming soon. I'm living in Montreal, living in Playa, living in Mexico. I'm going to make videos about Mexico too if anybody is interested. I like it. And also, Sergio did a full talk at the Nomad Summit Cancun this year. And that should be out actually any day now. So nice. if you haven't already subscribed to our YouTube channel, go to YouTube, type in Sergio Salas, subscribe to that. Then type in Nomad Summit, subscribe to that. And also subscribe to our email list at nomadsummit.com. And we'll let you know as soon as all the, the videos are done. Uh, hopefully, they'll be out by the time you actually listen to this. So let's check it out. And yeah. uh, Sergio, gracias for coming on the show. Thank you, Yoni. And uh, hope to see everyone on the road. Yeah, somewhere in the world. Hasta luego, guys. Thank you for listening to the Travel Like a Boss podcast. If you want to hear more, including the bonus, how to choose the perfect niche episode, join our mailing list at travellikeabosspodcast.com. See you next week. And remember, if you want to travel like a boss, you need to be your own boss. So start your online business today and start living the lifestyle you've always dreamed of.